Listeners, and welcome to the show. On today's show, I am covering the Dark Star Pictures Bloody Disgusting movie, recently uh, announced and is going to be coming stateside. It is called The Passenger, original title La Pasajera. Thanks to Camilla Adibi. I hope I say that right. Um, I'll read the press release and then we can get into the thick of it. Dark Star Pictures and Bloody Disgusting will release this Spanish horror film, The Passenger, in theaters June 3rd, 2022, and on demand in DVD June 28th, 2022. The film had its world premiere at the 2021 SIDS Film Festival, in which it was nominated for the Audience Award. The Passenger stars Ramiro Blas from La Fuega. La Fuga. 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 Cecilia Suarez from the House of Flowers, Paula Gallig Gallego, 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 Quinteme, Cuéntame, Cuéntame. See, you're going to be stay in tune for my Spanish lessons afterwards. Uh, Cristina Alcazar from Cachorro, Alcazar, 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 Alcazar. The film was co-directed by Raul Cerezo. His his feature film debut and Fernando Gonzalez Gomez from Zombie World 2, based on a screenplay written by Luis Sanchez Pollock from Como Caído del Cielo. Como Caído del Cielo. See, I brought an interpreter today. I love this. Just kidding. Welcome to the show, Gabriel, (laughs) who is a fluent Spanish speaker. I am a fluent Spanish speaker because it's my native language. Thank mm. you for having me. You're welcome. Ole. Uh, synopsis. A group of strangers sharing a ride have their trip interrupted when the driver hits a woman hiking in the dark of night. They decide to help her, but quickly learn that something is wrong and that they shouldn't have let her in at all. Ooh, you don't let those strangers in. Um, so characters. Uh, Ramiro Blas is playing Blasco. Cecilia Suarez is playing Mariela. Paula Gallego, Gallego as Marta. Gallego. Gallego as Marta. And Cristina Alcazar as Lydia. So, Gabriel, this is a yay, nay, or meh. It's a yay. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm going to go with EA as well. I I did like this uh, movie. I was happy to get a Spanish movie. I typically, uh, looking for new horror out there, I look for a lot of indie, uh, foreign horror. And uh, this was one that has been on my radar for a little while. So I was very excited to uh, check this out and screen it with you. So I'm sort of a... 
um, not necessarily negative news first, but I like to get all the things that maybe I potentially may have had wrong with the movie out of the way so that we can focus on the positive of it all. Was there anything in this movie that you thought was maybe negative or that just didn't, you didn't receive well or anything like that? Mm, I think uh, maybe the ending was okay. a little bit predictable. Okay. And I will put a spoiler alert section like I do in all of these for when we start talking about the ending. Um, as always, we always give a sort of brief, vague uh, review, and then uh, I'll prompt you to hop off. Um, so the ending didn't work for you because it was a little predictable. Is there anything else that stood out to you that didn't really work for you? No, I think it was well constructed. Again, it's just I saw the ending coming. And I guess you did too, so. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I expected uh, the ending that we got. I did like the very last line of dialogue. I thought it was tongue-in-cheek, like most of the movie sort of plays into. I think that lightheartedness worked in the favor because there were some heavy moments in this movie that I thought uh, got a little emotional. So that kind of broke it up a little bit. As comedy does in horror, the marriage works really well. Uh, it's like a roller coaster ride. So I think that worked. Um, I honestly, I think that would probably be my only complaint is just the ending too. Um, so we can save that for the spoiler section. Um, so what for you worked with this movie? What about it did you like? Um, mm. Well, it was kind of a fresh take on the group of strangers are put in a bad situation. <laughs> uh, so I enjoyed that, the, the fact that it was, uh, that they were all driving in the same van because one of them was kind of like a Uber driver of sorts. Um, and then they run into something in the road and bad things happen from that moment onwards. It's, uh, it's something that we have seen before in a sense yeah but the fact that it was in constant motion i think added that element of kind of a surprise maybe a little here and there like mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily a surprise a situational surprise it, yeah it's something like that it's more like it it wasn't all limited to the same location which happens in a lot of movies of that sort, like people are trapped somewhere. And like they, I think that they easily traveled like 15 to 20 to 30 miles uh, in a couple of hours. So I think the characters were well-developed. They were three-dimensional. It was yeah. interesting, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I like how the movie is a road trip movie. Uh, it's horror on the road. And uh, right off the bat, we're introduced to Blasco and uh, Mediela, 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 Mediela. And uh, you get a little bit of their, their sort of, uh, I don't know if it was as much uh, combatant, but there was a little bit of like annoyance because Blasco is a character, I would say not as, uh, he's not as likable at first to me mm -hmm. as like Ash Williams. I think there were some, I don't know if this was intentional, but he had some moments of Ash Williams kind of 
coming in there a little bit, like the comedy. He played really well. He was a really good actor for mm -hmm. this role. Um, but he is very much that traditional, would you say like machismo of mm -hmm. uh, like like a Hispanic machismo. Yeah. Um, he's very much, um, he's, he's an older gentleman who is kind of set in his own generational ways. He hasn't progressed much with society in his views of how he should uh, talk to other people and maybe even like very misogynistic at points, mm -hmm. um, which I think having a uh, three women passengers made for an interesting dynamic for him. And I think even him being who he was, I think by the end of the movie, he kind of learned a little bit about himself. Um, maybe not much, but I think mm -hmm. he learned how to be uh, like a father figure again. And I thought that was a really cool arc for him. Um, but like you said, the, it is on the road. It's horror. I'm not going to do a huge summary, but I'll just going to give some brief points that stood out to me. Uh, but, you know, Blasco picks up He's already picked up Mariella. Um, he's picking up Lydia and Marta. Um, they are mother-daughter. And you can tell there's a little bit of animosity there because Marta is going to live with her father because Lydia has kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say like she's kind of up to her, her point of frustrations with raising her, but I think there's some sort of agreement that it's time for Marta to go to the, to the dad to, mm -hmm. to stay a little while. Um, Marta has sort of a disfigurement, so she's got a lot of uh, inward uh, sort of aggression, I think, because of it. And she's learning to deal with that from an accident uh, that she had uh, in the past. And so there's a lot of that story there. And like you said, three-dimensional. There was a lot of little things that happen. Uh, Mariella is going to her cancer treatment, it sounded like. So hers, like a doctor's appointment or something. I think she was going to see her dad. She was going to see her dad. That's right. She was going to confront yeah. him for the things that he did right. to her mom and everything when she was younger. Yeah. But she was going there because she had cancer. Right. Yeah. And but it also plays into the whole. Um, I don't know if that's something that is that happens here in the United States, but like what they were doing was a Romeria. <clears throat> and so Romeria is kind of a pilgrimage uh, where people go and they have something that they want to ask to the Virgin. So they make this trip uh, on foot. So they're going to the place where the Romeria is going to start and everything. That's where this city is. So Mariela is going there because she's going to ask for a miracle. So usually that's what happens. Like people go on a Romeria to either give thanks to the Virgin for something that they ask and it was granted or because they're asking something and they're hoping that the Virgin will give them a miracle. So yeah, this is a big tradition in Spain and in some Catholic centric countries like Costa Rica, where um, I, at least when I lived there, uh, the official religion of the country was Catholicism. I don't think that that's the case anymore, but back then it was. Mm -hmm. And so Costa Rica is an extremely Catholic country and they have like Romerias, uh, like, you know, like once a year, there's a Romeria to Cartago and people walk again, like 40 miles to get to the place where their 
uh, worshiping the Virgin and these kinds of things. So that that was the, I, I, I mean. That could have been like a theme, I think, in this it, movie. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was the whole point. It, it yeah. was something like this tied together their storylines in a sense that that it was at, at least, like you're saying, uh, Lydia knew that there's a Romaria happening and that's why they're going. And so that's why she asked Mariela, like, oh, you're going there because of this reason. She's like, yeah, but I'm also going there to confront my dad. Um, and, it, and it gives a really interesting dynamic because you've putting characters into a situation where they have to rely on each other. I mean, mm -hmm. they obviously have to rely on Blasco and he's the driver and he is obviously irritating them. He's annoying them. Uh, Marta is sitting up front with him and the two uh, ladies are in the back. And so there's a lot of dialogue with each group, each two uh, mm -hmm. group of characters. And you get to learn a little bit about them. You get to learn that Blasco, his wife, uh, I think he lost a kid. Mm -hmm. And so he's, you know, he's, he's very sad about that. He was a bullfighter at one point. So he's got that confidence of a man. And um, of course, Marta's dealing with her things as a child. And then the two in the back are sort of bonding because of their experiences with their fathers and, and, and with, you know, being that sort of a role of either motherhood or just being a woman. So I liked all of those bits. I thought those actually, if this had not even been a horror movie, had this just been a drama, I think it would have just been just as good Yeah. because I was really interested and invested in the characters. Um, and I think that's what really gives a good um, horror movie because you care like this is going, something's going to happen to these people. You don't want anything to happen to them, regardless of how the, the comments that Blasco made or, or whatever, or the daughter, Marta, you still care for these people because they're people and you know that they are, we're all learning from each other and they're learning from each other along this trip. And I thought that they did a really good well of writing these people into a realistic situation. Um, and then that, and then the story kind of kicks off where something happens mm -hmm. and they come across uh, and I think I saw this in the periphery where they were driving, but the sky looked like it had opened up a little. So you're like, what's happening here? And then they come across something on the ground. So it's like, hmm, what is this thing? And then they they hit a woman and then she, they pick her up. And that's kind of where the, the, the movie, the horror sets in. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to really want to... I guess get too spoilery with what's happening, but um, what did you think of, I guess this would be maybe the midsection or maybe the second part of the movie is when the horror ramps up and when you find out what this creature is, what this entity is, mm -hmm. uh, what did you think about those moments? Um, I really liked it. I mean, I, I've always liked that kind of horror of, um, Let's let's put it this way. There's um, Proteus is one of my favorite X Men villains back when he was a villain <laughs> uh, because of that ability that he had of essentially body jumping. So I don't know if this is too much of a spoiler, but there's some body jump kind of thing going there, and and Proteus was able to possess people. Um, because he was untangible in a sense, and and that was his only way of survival. So he had to possess someone, and they would burn that body, and then they would jump to the next person because the the body was unusable anymore. 
and these kinds of things. So to me, that was a very horror-centric X-Men story, X-Men villain, like yeah. with the whole, oh, I, I can just jump from person to person. <laughs> yeah, and there's that, and it's really not a spoiler because if anybody watches the trailer, there's it's it's made aware that there is a creature in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There is that element of like a zombie movie or like any mm -hmm. sort of infection or creature yeah. movie, um, even like super sci-fi movies like The Blob or something. Like there's something there where um, it can take on the host, like it's like a parasite mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I like those stories. It, what kind of reminded me a little bit of like that movie Splinter uh, that came out where they find that on the tire and they're on the road and then they get to the gas station and this creature sort of comes up and it's sort of forming all of these things that takes over. It, it kind of would pair well with it, a double feature with that movie, I it's think. It's funny that you mentioned Splinter because I was actually thinking of it this morning for some reason. I was like, oh yeah, I remember Splinter was a really good movie. Yeah. And, and maybe this movie somehow kind of had it in the back of my head and that's why it came to the front uh this morning but i mean Splinter is certainly an enjoyable movie so. very good very good acting very good cast yeah. there's very there's those moments like where you get to like the characters yeah. and you maybe start off not liking one of them i, I can see some parallels in that sense like, yeah yeah like blasco here at least to i would say somebody who is somehow um tired of the whole uh people who are always like, oh, the good old days back when things were this way. And that's that's Blasco in a sense. But yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a clear three generational divide here oh, happening. Yeah. yeah. But um, also, I would say um, the to piggyback in one of your comments, I think it's uh, it's interesting how you are how you pointed that up in the sense that the idea of fatherhood is kind of something that truly ties all the characters together, despite the fact that it's not an explicit point of the movie. But yeah, but yeah Mariela is going to confront her dad for the ways that he failed her and her mom, while Lydia is going to drop Marta off with her dad who also was responsible for her disfigurement. Mm -hmm. But it's also time for him to, you know, confront that. And then later you discover that Blasco was a father who lost uh, his child. So it's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't see that part there. And essentially it's kind of like a piece of puzzle. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and it's a patriarchal society it's it's steeped in that uh, strong fatherhood sentiment. So it's kind of there in this movie where, like you said, there's this father, these fathers uh, kind of brought them together or there's, there's that story like in this movie that sort of ties culturally to that father idea, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? I mean, maybe that's how you saw it. I see it more of a, a duality, right? It's like you're saying, like, there are three women and there's one man, but essentially the way that the women relate to each other has to do with an absent father or a father who fails somehow, while Blasco is 
an absent child. He's a father whose child left. Him. Oh yeah, not, like not because mm -hmm. the child left willingly, but because yeah. something happened. So what I'm saying is, it's it's hard to see these kinds of thing from that lens because one side has experienced an absentee father who failed, while the other one is recriminating the fact that he failed his child. And again, not willingly, while the other ones, you could argue, yeah, they, they willingly failed their an absentee father, but but there's a connection there somehow. And I think I, I enjoyed, uh, like you're saying, if it had been a drama, just them talking about these experiences on the band, that would still have been a good movie. Yeah, like the movie, The Boys on the Side. Right, right. They're going somewhere and they're learning to connect in however ways that they can connect. And right. um, that's what I liked about this. And, and throughout the movie, you get that relationships, you get those relationships with each character. And even as characters come in and out of the story, it's different, mm -hmm. but it's still kind of there in a way, that relationship. Um, so, I want to talk about a little some other things before we get to the spoiler section, but I really enjoyed the cinematography in this movie. I thought the cinematography was beautiful. It was a way of capturing Spain, like even at the beginning when he's picking up Lydia and Marta, just the the cul-de-sac that they lived on. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is beautiful. Like the way that they are showing Spain uh, in this light or just like on the night in the night, the way it's lit uh, in the car or when they go to the like a different town or the gas station, it's lit exceptionally well. It's very moody, almost comic booky, where where certain lights or certain colors kind of stand out. Had that almost Italian Mario Baba um, like look to it. And Mario Baba is like a famous Italian. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mario Baba is a famous uh, Italian. He's the godfather of horror, who basically. Um, is known for the, the lighting and the giallos. So um, I think there was, if not, it was just maybe in Spain. Spain is known for their giallos too. So I think being Mario Bava and maybe there's, I just saw a little bit of influence in there with aesthetics. Um, either way, I liked it. I thought it looked really cool. One of my favorite moments is when uh, there's a moment where they're pushing the van and you see the big giant moon and they're like on the hill. Mm -hmm. And as they're coming up, we're obviously watching it with subtitles. Yeah. And so the van silhouette is there in front of the moon. And then one of the dialogue pieces, one of them is saying, fuck my life. And so that's kind of what encapsulates <laughs> that moment is like you're, you're running from a creature. You're trying to get to where you need to go, get away. And you're stuck now pushing a van up a hill and it's dark. So I thought that was a really funny moment. There's a lot of moments in this movie that are very tongue in cheek with the comedy bits. Um, it, it, like I said earlier, it breaks up some of that heavy um, drama that's going on with like mm -hmm. the mother, the daughter, uh, with Mariella, with with uh, Blasco. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about uh, not necessarily what the creature is, mm -hmm. but the creature like the 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 special effects of not it. what the creature is but the creature okay yeah yeah mainly because i don't want to spoil what it is because i think that's kind of a fun thing that i didn't know of of the movie mm -hmm. um you know the description for this movie and even watching the trailer it does make it seem like there's some supernatural presence which there is but um i think um just the the practical effects that they used in the movie there was a little bit of cgi that you could tell with the way that this thing jumps mm -hmm. um but what did you think of the special effects like the, the practical effects and the makeup of this 
I liked it. I mean, I would say the they seen with the face hitting the glass was a highlight. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I did not see that coming. And the makeup was really good. I think the effects of the creature were interesting, especially when uh, the little warm thing was really well done. Um, I think that that was uh, enjoyable. Yeah, the little and tendril The thing. little tendril thing, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did a good job. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I would say it's mostly practical on a lot of, a lot of, and it had to be the way it was portrayed in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it, they did really good. Um, I think it's time to rate it for everybody and then let's switch to spoilers because I kind of want to dig a little into what the creature is and okay. a little bit about the ending. Um, so out of 10, what would you rate this movie? Uh, solid eight. Solid eight? Okay. I, I think I would go... Uh, yeah, eight, maybe eight and a half. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, it, it was simplistic enough, but had the characters portrayed in a way that I cared about, and mm-hmm. that really sold it for me as a as a horror movie. Um, I think in the past I really was just concentrating on like monsters and this, this and that. But I've the older I get, the more I'm like I really want good characters mm-hmm. i want to feel something and uh this worked for me in that way so i would definitely give it you know i, I think i'll go at eight and a half just because i really enjoyed it and i really wouldn't mind watching it again Spoilers. all right so this is one that kind of took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting the creature in this to be alien. Uh, when I watched the trailer for the press release and I read the description, I was like, well, the description sounds like it might be that urban legend of don't pick up the hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. You know, you pick up somebody, they're a ghost or whatever. Uh, that There's a famous, um, and I don't know if this is in Spain, but uh, my dad tells me about this hitchhiker story that he has about one of our family members picking up this lady in white and then she's gone from the car. And, you know, my dad tells this story a lot and we always kid him and we're like, well, how much did you guys have to drink that night? You know, kind of thing. Uh, But it's a common urban legend. It's been, you know, told in different ways, in different ways uh, around the world and well around the States, at least that I know of. Uh, But I thought this was going to be more of like either that or some sort of like creature already on the earth. But this was an alien and the alien lands. And when they find it, it kind of reminded me of the blob a little bit, like the way that it was there in that meteor. Uh, they said it was, it was, how did they say it in Spanish? Meteora? Meteora. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of the way it's busted apart. And there's this little like snaky kind of thing coming out, like a little, looks like a brain almost, like a pink brain. But then it has this little tendril that kind of gets stuck in, in uh, one of the characters. And you get to see how that changes this character, but then also it really changes another character. And uh, and one and the the lady that they pick up in question in in the description uh, is infected with this, so it's become this sort of uh, alien zombie creature kind of movie where it is able to body hop 
Um, what did you think of that idea? Were you expecting Alien with this movie? Uh, I, I wasn't, actually. Um, I think I was also thinking of that urban legend. Uh, and this is like all over Latin America and everywhere. There's a version of it in, mm -hmm. in Colombia. They say that, oh, there was a guy and he's driving by this old school that is nearby a cemetery. And there's a woman who needs a ride and she gets on and he drives her to her home. And like, but he like, she doesn't disappear. She drives her home and he leaves her there and then he leaves. And, but then she leaves something on the car, like a wallet or a flower or something mm -hmm. or a, a pendant, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the driver is like, oh, she left this. So then they drive to her house the next day to return it. And he's like, oh, I picked up this girl yesterday and she came here and she dropped this. And the family is like, that's impossible because she died five years ago. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> horror. Um, and for any listeners out there that want to watch like a version of that story, there's a movie called Hellgate that came out in the 80s. I think it was like 88, uh, where there's something similar that happens in that movie. And it's kind of cool, uh, but I'll recommend that. That's like the Colombian version, but in the Costa Rican version, there's a, it's called La Cegua. And it's a woman who also kind of hitchhikes and she used to hitchhike on, uh, by horse, right? Because like it was way back. It was a the, time when horses were. Right, right, when people were just like driving, like riding horses, whatever. And the woman is there and she needs somebody to drop her at her place and, and whatever. And so the thing is, she's a very beautiful woman, but if you turn around, then you're doomed because then she has transformed and she mm -hmm. has this kind of horse face and everything. Ooh, like that sounds creepy. Thing. Yeah, it's very, uh, so it's like you don't be picking up beautiful women at night when you're riding your horse. Yeah, um, I I don't think I would. I mean, I've picked up one hitchhiker in my life and it wasn't creepy, but it was definitely a little nerve wracking at first. Mm -hmm. um, I was on my way to work and I picked up a gentleman that looked like he needed help and um, I got him to where he needed to go, but there was still that moment where I was like, I know I'm setting myself up for a potential failure um, if you're letting him in your front seat next to you. But uh, also, I don't know, like, it just seems like maybe it's time to go back to riding horses with these gas prices. Honk, honk. Okay. Anyways, so... <laughs> um, so yeah, so the creature was cool. I liked how it body hopped. I like... It was sad when some characters left the story, but then they came back as different. And <laughs> there was this slowly starting to happen in this movie was um, the idea that it's happened everywhere. Like they're going to this town that's a ghost town and you see, you know, somebody sitting on their TV without their head. Mm -hmm. So there's like this weird stuff happening where it's like, oh no, it's bigger than just this. It's like it already... It's already happened. It actually probably started at the town and then it was moving outwards. So yeah, they... yeah, because you could see as they were driving past mm -hmm. that point of finding that lady uh, that they picked up in the back seat, uh, the little tendrils were like coming everywhere. Uh, but you also have the opening scene, which is where the woman that they pick up is mm -hmm. with another guy and there's a woman coming towards them. Right. So that's like, yeah, that's um, essentially... Uh, it was coming from the town. Like yeah. the Romeria was the first place where this <laughs> alien uh, attack slash body hop started. But um... yeah, and and 
it's uh and like you said earlier it goes you know from they're in the van to they're in the forest to they're in the gas station they're in the town and then they're in this bar at the end and like it just there's all kinds of locations and, it, and there's all they're always in these like situations where they're running from this or they're hiding hiding underneath cars hiding fans like all these things are happening and being chased adamantly by these things mm-hmm. uh really cool a really cool concept um so i think uh and i'm not gonna obviously spoil the spoil the whole ending or anything like that but i think it wraps up in a funny way um it's you'll you'll probably see it coming maybe you won't but it's one of those movies that i think you can i mean you're gonna need to pay attention if you you know read the subtitles or anyways but um i think it just worked for our night i think it was a really fun movie is there anything else that you'd like to point out while we're talking about this before we close the show um I, I think it was uh, well written, the fact that the, the characters did get closure, uh, despite the fact that they were being possessed and then discarded by this scene in a sense. But but yeah. I feel that every character that we do see through the movie, they, they, they get the closure that they needed uh before for something yeah right it's, it's not so much for like closure complete closure for their lives but but there's a type of closure that they do get yeah um and of course like you're saying there's there's this whole uh like somebody says oh there's always these heroic sacrifices and but you're gonna have to keep going without me and all this stuff and the movie has this in space in a sense so it's 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 well done. I I enjoy that. I I would disagree with you on the tongue in cheek ending. To me, that kind of like cheapened uh, the comedy bit. Yeah, yeah, like the comment. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure, I can see it. It makes sense coming how it came, but at the same time, I was like, it it there was so much growth on everything and. And I don't know. Um... Well, I think that's. I think that's also. It kind of reminded me of that point in Resident Evil Three, when he lights the joint and he just knows he's accepting his fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he's. I mean, this guy had an arc in this movie. Um, I think that's kind of. It brings it all kind of full circle for him. Like, he's he's already lost a child, and he's he's fathering essentially Martha in this movie, and things don't turn out always like they're supposed to. And he's yet once again, sort of in a way that he's like, well, you know, well, shit, like, <laughs> what do I do? Um, and then there's the line. And yeah. I, I don't know, like, I kind of like that, but I get what you're saying. Like, maybe it could have been a little less funny and a little more serious, but if it had been serious, it could have been a little bit more nihilistic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, again, like I, had a feeling that the ending was gonna go that way, and and again, like I don't think that the movie made any kind of attempts to disguise what was really happening. Yeah. So so I'm like, okay, um, can live with that. But I I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a, again a good movie. It's uh, it had everything that you need, um, except of course for a, it was a coherent plot except for some of like where did this alien come from and what's the ultimate goal but that's not really necessary again like within what the movie is doing the plot is good 
the characters are three-dimensional. You do care for them. They're interesting characters. The movie is well-made. So it does hit all the right notes uh, for me in that sense. Yeah, and I could totally see this going really well for the creators and the team and the actors mm -hmm. and everybody associated with this movie at a film festival because it it's light in points it's not light and then it's got some fun aesthetics to it yeah. it's it's pretty to look at um great creature practical effects it's got a little bit of everything that i think horror fans will dig um you rated it an eight i rated it eight and a half i think it's a solid yay for both of us yeah. um and that's it. And as always, you can catch Fatal Faller Presents a podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Horror Amino. And you can reach out to me at Fatal Follower Presents at Gmail. Uh, stay safe, stay spooky, and don't pick up hitchhikers. Bye-bye. Oh, and thank you, Gabe. Oh, well, thank goodness you thanked me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be here, Donnie. Thank you. Bye-bye.